Today's episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Get 20% off your first order at MeUndies.com slash Gilbert. Our sponsor today is one of the premier independent labels in the world. DFA Records, based out of downtown New York City and co-founded by James Murphy of LCD Sound System. DFA Records is proud and excited to release the second album from Greek singer, songwriter, production guru, and all-around genius savant, Larry Gus. His new album is entitled, I Need New Eyes. This new album sees Larry Gus moving slowly out of his sample bass roots and now using clearer songwriting structures as his starting point. His lyrics stare intensely into obsessions, anxieties, and inadequacies, while the music he makes takes on vibrant, sunny, psychedelic pop, percussive, polyrhythmic drums and multi-layered dense arrangements before many critics have compared Larry to everyone from Mad Lib to Caribou to Panda Bear. It is safe to say on this new album Larry Gus has truly found a voice of his own. This fall, Larry will be on tour with the DFA alumni Yacht Inn. October and November, playing both East and West Coast, as well as a very special performance at the DFA Halloween party at Palisades in Brooklyn, New York. Larry Gus's new album is available for sale in multiple formats, including limited pressings on blue vinyl, red vinyl, black vinyl, CD, and digital. DFA Records has been releasing music since 2001, including such iconic indie dance bands as LCD, Sound System, The Rapture, Yacht, Holy Ghost, Hot Chip, Factory Flaw, and The Juan McLean. Visit the DFA online store at store.dfarecords.com for more details and to order your copy today. And for 20% off your online order, use coupon code GILBERT at the DFA store.
Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, at Radio City Music Hall, backstage from America's Got Talent. Our guest this week is comedian, actor, TV host, voice actor, and game show host who's appeared in hit TV shows. It's me, it's Hal. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody's writing this down. Who wrote that down? Who, who gave you that piece of paper you're reading? Yes. Frank, yeah. Yeah. I could tell it's not you. Yeah. I, I want to just tell people who... <laughs> You know, you're behind the scenes here at AGT. Gilbert, you are my absolute favorite comedian. I love you as a person. I've known you for years. But the thing is, and I I would say yes to whatever you ever wanted me to do, but I have never been to a more complicated, different broadcast than this. He said, can we come backstage and do it? There is a crew of nine. I'm not sure what anybody's doing. Uh, Somebody's just holding an iPhone up, and then we have a photographer for a podcast. Yeah. yeah. So you can see shots of the podcast. Only podcast. Okay. <laughs> they set up. They were looking for plugs. They didn't, we didn't have enough pillows for <laughs> Gilbert to start. Can we start? He goes, I need a pillow. His, his, wife, his wife, Dara, gave him three pillows. We couldn't start. We were about to start. Then his wife said to him, Gilbert, do you have to make a pee-pee? She did. She took you down the hall to pee-pee, which I thought was kind of nice and a little motherly and that. When you finished making a pee-pee, uh, we were about to start, and she actually said to your co-host, Frank, do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> he didn't have to go to the bathroom. And then Frank laid out. Frank has got a, uh, a, like an array of cards. He's really prepared. I think he's done... He's he'd been on Wikipedia for yeah. years, weeks, weeks or and wrote you uh, obviously a, a, <laughs> my uh, my bio for an intro. And uh, <laughs> you know how at the end of the day, guys wear pants longer than women wear pants. But sometimes I wore pants for three days, and then my wife says, "Let's throw those in the laundry." And you empty shit out of the pockets. There's little crumpled pieces of paper, and you don't know you don't know what those crumpled pieces of paper are. Somebody else? Are you with the? Somebody just walked in the room. You're with Frank. That's. Do you have something to do with this podcast? Do you? Who are you? That's our social media director. The social media director on time. That's great. Before you you do any social media, do you have to pee? And I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for Gilbert's wife. All right. So anyway, um, you know how you you pull shit out of your... You don't even know. uh, Since I was six years old, little boy, there's always shit in the bottom of my pocket. Yeah, like... Little crumpled up pieces of paper. and tissues. And lint and shit like that. Uh, um, Gilbert takes out these little crumpled pieces of shit and lint and little piece of paper and puts a pile near the microphone and I go, what's that? And Frank said, that's his notes. That's what he prepared. It's a little shitty pile of garbage yes. Yes. and the stuff looks illegible. Did you, go to, did you go to, I didn't, so I'm not making fun. Yes. Did you go to college? No, no. You didn't? Yeah, no. Do you have a GED? No, I, I don't have either. Nothing. You don't? I don't you have didn't a, graduate high school? No, I was asked to leave because oh, yeah. when I see this pile of <laughs> shit that you call preparation, it reminded me of my, uh, my academic 
history. That looked like one of my uh, projects. It's, it's yeah. definitely what serial killers. <laughs> yes. It's got a Ted Kaczynski vibe. It does have that. Yeah. When they go in and they look at the button, there'll be like a head in the fridge, and then there's yeah. that kind of shit taped to the wall. The there's a little. Seven. You've seen that? I did see yeah. Seven, but yeah. this is two. Yeah. This is not even Seven. Are there notes? Are you ever going to look at any of those notes? I don't think so. But I love that about you. See, I found out a new thing. We're, we're akin, you know? That's yeah. how I. I don't prepare for anything. Yeah. I have n- nothing. That's why we can come backstage at AGT. This is the number one show on television, and I'm doing no preparation but watching you and your cohorts pee and <laughs> take garbage out of their pockets. <laughs> are you comfortable with it? What are the pillows doing for you? What do they do on this podcast? Well, <laughs> oh, this guy just showed up with a camera. All right. It's okay. And you're a photographer? Yeah. Wow. It's a big operation. It is a big operation. When you think, when you, when you see all these people who look like they know what they're doing and these three little shitty pieces of paper, it reminds me of that song, One of These Things is Not Like the Other. One of These Things Just Doesn't Belong. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I see yes. the shit that you prepared and the nothing that's gone together, then it makes sense when Dara says, do you have to pee now? And you don't say, yes, I have to pee. You go, like, you were reminded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, if she didn't say that halfway through this podcast, there'd be a moistness that nobody would want. Thank God she reminded you. Anyway, I, I, sorry to interrupt my yeah. introduction, but you were a quarter way through. Should I continue? I don't know. With How much did intro? you write, Frank? You really overdid it. It is that long. Oh. It's not even on one card. Look Why at this. Don't you read it. Look at that. I will. Can you read it, my I'll voice. try to read it. This, this is, is it. Read it as me. Our guest this week is a comedian, comma, actor, comma, TV host, comma, voice actor, and game show host who's appeared in hit TV shows like St. Elsewhere. Bobby's World and the Alerno Deal and in movies such as A Little Monster as Little Monsters, Walk Like a Man and Gremlins, playing everything from a monster living on I gotta pee. Can somebody take me to pee? Is my wife around? Can she take me to piss? I, why would you ever think that this whole thing Well we you know, the guests honor us by coming on the show did, and did we like we to ever, repay the did favor. Did you say your name? Nice intro. I'm Howie Mandel. Uh, okay. Howie okay, Mandel. Good. <laughs> we like I to respect the, the guests. But there's so much work. Like he wrote it out. Yeah. He wrote out a card. Yeah. And the card is in... The, usually cards, these cards, these are they 9 by 12? 9 by... 8 by... 8 by 11. 8 by 11s. But he turned it the 11 way. It's like it's, it's vertical. <laughs> and then he spent some time with some scotch tape. It's like a really bad... It's like a special needs art project that you did. For one more sentence, you couldn't, you couldn't even change your font to get it on one card. When did you know you were going to make two cards? Did you take two blank cards, Frank, and make the tape? Yes. The, 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 the difference yeah. between... <laughs> These are two guys that work together. You should put this on social media. But this is a guy who takes two cards. And this is... Wow. What? Oh my God! I, I, are you I, dyslexic? Are you? I don't want to make fun, but your writing is—it's not. It's not even English. I see OCD trap move C 
Moosey. Oh, Mousy Gardner. Mousy Gardner. That's what all you prepared for me. Yeah. OCD and Mousy Gardner. My mental health issue and a guy we both worked with 26 years ago. And this guy, this is before the show starts. This is what he prepared. This was the con. I'll do the introduction and I'll do the show, Gilbert said. You, you don't know, you know, I, I hate that this is a podcast. This yes. is better television than yes. a podcast. But if you could see what I'm holding up, and maybe you go, where do they go to, yeah. where do they go to see this? <laughs> the podcast? Uh, well, yeah. you have so many people with cameras and shit. Yeah. Where do they see this? On our Facebook page okay. or on Gilbert's website, GilbertGodfrey.com. Okay. God, GilbertGodfrey.com. Yeah. This is the content of the show. That's it. This is the introduction. Yeah. yeah. Little, How long is each broadcast? We're a little out of balance. Somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. This is an hour and a half. <laughs> you also left this one out. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're shortchanging him, Howie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, you know what's art. funny? Yeah. This makes so much yeah. sense to me. Yeah. It really does. The warts, the cough when you saw me in Chicago. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Grem- Gremlins? Yeah. Gremlins, Gremlins. with a B. Oh my God! That's pill, so pill. weird that you're able to make sense of it. No, this makes sense. This is how I write. This is why I was asked to leave. Wow! <laughs> it's exactly you have whatever it is I have. I was diagnosed with some shit, but but I am. Uh, yeah, I couldn't write an yeah. essay. Never wrote an essay. I couldn't even focus to read anything, let yeah. alone write anything. So I don't have a GED. I don't have. I didn't go to. My kids are far more educated than I ever was. But uh, you know, we did okay, huh? I <laughs> not bad. I I one of my craziness about a, a million ones is if I've got socks that are the same color, I like to make them into a pair. Like if I've got a bunch of white socks, isn't that what the factory does? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, no if, but rather than if you put them in a drawer, when you buy like, the socks, yeah, then they're a pair. Yeah. Made by somebody else. Yeah. But if you get a bunch of socks that all look the same and they're in a drawer, I don't like the idea of mixing one from one pair with the other. Nobody and does. So what I do People is... People try to keep pairs together. I, I, yeah, but I'll sew a dot with, with thread on the toe of my socks. <laughs> no, you don't. I, no, well, these already were a different type. They had something These are on. These the dotless yes. socks. Yeah. You but sew. I, I sew a dot. Where do you get these dots? No. It, I, I mean, out of thread. I just thought oh, just threading. Thre- it's a black sock. And it so makes make a, a white. dot. Okay. And so on, I'll put on. a little thing at the toe. Yeah. That, oh, this is the black one with the black one, the red one with the red one. And it makes them into actual pairs. <laughs> I wish you could see Howie's reaction. Oh, my God. You actually get a needle and thread and yes. sew yourself? Yes. Why can't I And there are your that? kids yeah. witness to this? Like, they're well, they don't bother Daddy now. <laughs> he's he's organizing He's sewing dots. He's socks. Now, how did, aside from germs, uh, you being a germaphobe, uh, aside from that, what, how has OCD affected you? Well, I have a lot of things. I have anxiety disorder. I have depression. I have. I'm affected by everything. I have no uh, attention span. I, I've, I, 
OCD specifically, OCD, the germaphobe, is such a small, yeah. weird, you know, and it's only, I can't touch other people's hands. Yeah. I could touch everything else. I have three children, <laughs> and I didn't, with, I did it without you even touching diapers, her hands. You changed diapers, assumedly. Pardon me? You changed diapers. I'm wearing diapers. I totally <laughs> potty trained. <laughs> Your children. I get it. Yeah. I, what I was doing there was yeah, a, <laughs> comedy. I know I don't look prepared. But I, uh, yeah, so, I change, so, so yeah, no, I'll change diapers. I, though, I, you know, I've, I think I've told this story before. I, I am a germaphobe a, a little bit, and I've got to, you know, and with all my issues, for me, comedy has been a great bridge, you know. And all, all kidding aside, well, I don't. I want to keep it in the middle, but in, it's where I, you know, I wasn't functioning i couldn't go to school i didn't have any friends i didn't have so just my own sensibility and my own sense of humor was what kept me alive i don't i don't have one friend from when i was a kid you know and and when you're strange and when you're different as a child um you know i think what people want to do is they want to conform you know everybody wants kids they want to dress they want to have the same shoes their friends have they want to act I wasn't like a wisecracker where somebody say I'm really funny. I was more of just a, a standout. I was in high school. I was uh, four foot nine or ten, eighty nine pounds. So girls didn't want to meet me. I was like a dwarf. I was like a Keebler elf. You need me to be a little closer. A little you closer. could say it out loud. It's okay. The people know other people are here. We're not doing this ourselves. <laughs> I was getting a signal from the sound guy and. And I, like, I was supposed to know what the signal meant. You know, if you have signals, we could have gone over it beforehand. And you shouldn't have a signal by yourself. You should, have, you should share that. That's like having one walkie-talkie. I'm just looking at you, and I didn't know whether to answer to you because it could have. But anyway, I was, telling, I was right in the middle of a horribly sad story. So good timing. But I was, a, I, was a, I was a little weird outcast who had mental health issues. And didn't get along with people, didn't get along in school. Uh, there are kids that remember it as funny now because it, when you put it in perspective, the things that I did were funny. The only uh, show I related to and I, that got laughter in the house and, and my parents kind of I, – I understood it was Candid Camera. Because Alan Funt, who was my god, I'd watch it on Sunday night. I'd see him. He kind of like took the audience in on the joke. He goes, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, tie a rope to this desk. And we're going to tell the lady that she's got to answer the phone. And every time the phone rings and she goes to answer it, we're going to pull the desk away and wait till you see what happens. And we couldn't wait for anticipation. And every time they pulled the desk away and I saw the lady's face, I was hysterical. And so were my parents. So I, saw, I said, this is comedy. This is So I want to go to school and do that. But I don't think things through. But I didn't have an audience, so I would like do things like um, because I just thought it was weird. I would uh, we'd have math on the second floor and uh, of the school, and I would purposely arrive ten minutes late. I'd find the ladder from the custodian's office, and I would climb up, knock on the window. The teacher would come incredulous, incredulously to the window, open the window. I'd crawl in seriously, just go sit down at my desk like nothing happened, <laughs> and everybody just sat quietly. Nobody laughed. It's weird. I like the weirdness, but it didn't gain me friends. So those are the kind I got to, eventually I got asked to leave the school. My behavior was not. Did you do something posing as a school board member? Something about a I didn't pose as a school board member. I posed as myself because that was funny. I I, I called through the yellow pages. I called a um um a construction company 
and I said, I'm getting bids on an addition onto the library at our at our school. And I gave them, I made an appointment, and I thought it was funny even to give my, I'm Howie Mandel, and if you need anything, just ask for me. And it was fun to sit in class and look out the window, and these guys were out there measuring. <laughs> and, and then I could see, I couldn't hear anything, but then I could see from the window, I was laughing alone, just alone. And the, and the principal goes out, and I see the principal talking to them, and, and I'm, I assume the principal said, what are you doing? And they said, we're bidding on the addition. And he would probably say, who authorized this? And they would say, well, we have the name Howie Mandel. And then I see the principal go back in the office. Then you hear over the PA system, well, Howie Mandel, please come to the office. And then I would be called to the office. I'd find this funny alone. I don't know. My mom and my wife, to this day, always say, but Howie, I get it's a joke. But who who are you entertaining? You know, so I would sit down. uh, The principal would say, did you authorize uh, an addition onto the library? I said, no, I did not. I'm getting three bids. And then he would say, well, just could you just stay here? And then call my parents. And my parents would come in, and he'd explain to my parents in front of me, you know, your son is authorizing getting bids on an addition to the to – the, and I could see my mother's – this is what I lived for. My mother's lip would quiver, and she'd be biting her lip. Like, you don't want to laugh because this was – she was called in to discipline me. But I don't know what they expected her to say. We told them never to <laughs> – Put an addition onto our school. Or, and I knew this was funny, and it was funny in my own little world, but it was just funny for me, you know? And I made uh, that adage that every comic you've heard years, years for years and years, if I could just make one person laugh, I think I'm doing my job. I think for two decades that one person was just me, you know? Nobody else was laughing, but I, I just I entertained myself. It was tough, but it got me through... I thought it was funny, and I was focused on being funny and weird and different because if you looked at how I was dealing academically or socially, it was a tragic. So there's a thin line between tragedy and comedy, you know? And now, I, is it true that you shaved your head because of your germ thing? No, I shaved my head originally because I got a part in a movie – and I was going to be a bad guy, and you know, bad guys are bald guys. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I really thought that through, but I wanted to shave my head because I thought it would be cool. But then when I shaved my head, I realized this feels so clean. It feels like the first thing that's dirty that makes you, I take three, four showers a day. The first thing that feels dirty is your hair feels a little greasy, or you get up in the morning and it's a, you know, even if you're clean, your hair gets dirty before you. It just seems so clean. So it was. Uh, it, I kept it because of cleanliness. And then the problem was, so I didn't know where to stop shaving. You know, I, I was shaving my face, and then I, was, you know, I, I had no sideburns. Then I, I, and I played with it. Like, when I shaved it, I made a, a head art. Yeah. You know, first I, I shaved just the middle, and I made myself Larry Fine. <laughs> the three Good for you. And then I shaved the back out and the thing, and then I was uh, Princess Leia. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then, and then I shaved it off, and then I shaved my face. So it's just like I have a big face now, and then I noticed I had hair on my neck, and it wasn't stuff, so I shaved my neck, and then it looked like I had a hair dicky. I didn't know where to stop. And to this day, uh, in the shower, I just shave everything. Every, no, there's no place to stop. Now, and now oh, You didn't so, ask me that. So but. you shave your private parts. Yeah. Now, oh, now Good here's Good this, this brings me this. I surprisingly, I didn't draw a little picture of a dick in my notes. <laughs> Too much effort for him. 
<laughs> now, now I heard, well, you for a while used to have like a little uh, thing under your lip of whiskers. Like, like, yeah, okay. Like, like yeah. a goat now chip. you're talking about a, like a what? Like a goat chip. That's what they call that. A goat chip? Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah, sure. Soul patch. Soul patch. Yeah. Well, it was like goat chip. Yeah. I've heard both. It was a I've <laughs> never heard goat chip. I'm older than you. Darren, bear me out. Where are you? It was kind of goatee like... Is, goatee is here, is on the chin. This is a soul patch. Yeah, soul patch. Goat chip is wrong. All right. Well, the well, guy who's done all we'll the Google research... <laughs> we'll Google the guy it. Who, he does the research if it gets all wrong. Are you Googling wrong. now the sound guy that with the uh, signals? Google it. You see goat chip? Goat chip to me would be a piece of shit in the field <laughs> of a shepherd. See, I... Don't step in the goat chip. And that's not what was under my lip. I would never put goat shit on my face. I thought of it as a Hitler mustache got too low. low. Yes. Yeah, hanging low Hitler. But no, it, you, what it was is because when I shaved my head originally, <laughs> people were saying to me that I'd walk in because I think, oh, you're going to yeah. say I'm bald. And, and it, I didn't get the connotation right away. Yeah. And they went, are you okay? So they thought I had chemo. Oh, geez. So they thought, <laughs> so then I grew a little piece of goat shit under my uh, <laughs> lip. So that is it? I see you looking. I'm you, looking for it. Yeah, if you have to look this long, things come up this fast. Yeah, yeah. On, on, with, there's no goat. But anyway, I grew the hair just so that people wouldn't say you're sick. In Ireland, maybe in Ireland. It's not in Ireland. Google. That's the World Wide Web person. Where did you hear it? That's a goat chip. You know, Gil. When you look good, you feel great. Yes. It's a cliche, but it's true. Yes. Like when I walk in here and I see you. You greet me, and I come off the elevator, and you're wearing stolen bathrobe and slippers from the MGM Grand. Yeah, that's the way I look good. Yes. Yes. And and uh, underwear with stains that I can't identify. <laughs> well, you've come to the yes. right place. Me Undies understands this, Gil, and that's why they've designed underwear that makes you look and feel fantastic. Me Undies is made from Modal. It's a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. And that's twice as soft as whatever underwear you're wearing right now. Well, sometimes I just wrap myself in aluminum foil. So, <laughs> it, yeah, I, I run out of clean pairs. I've seen it. Yes. It, it's not a sight for sore. Yeah. Uh, MeUndies has tons of colors and styles and the only place to get matching pairs for men and women. They even release a new design every month. Plus, we all know that paying for shipping sucks. So, me undies has removed that from the equation. All orders in the US and Canada ship for free. Me undies even has a money back guarantee. If you don't love your first pair, you get to keep it for free. You literally have nothing to lose. To sweeten the deal, Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first order at MeUndies.com slash Gilbert. That's our special offer just for our listeners. Make sure you go to MeUndies.com slash Gilbert to get 20% off your first order and so that they know we sent you. Now, I heard then you saw in a, like a hair place the... No, yes. this is... Yes, I know yes. what you're talking yes. about. 
the biggest honor I've had. You know, yeah. I got on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which was nice. I got in Canada in the, in the Canada's Walk of Fame. But the most prestigious thing I ever saw is when Deal or No Deal came out. Deal or No Deal was huge at the moment. It was it's probably the biggest success I've had in my career. You know, it was the game show. Everybody was saying Deal or No Deal. And uh, my wife's friend went to one of these lady places where they do electrolysis and waxing and whatever. And there's a menu that you can that you women look at. I'm talking to the photographer. Is there a menu at those places? Yeah. So you like, choose like the Brazilian. Yes. Men. Right. Yeah. No, goat chip. Yeah. Goat chip. <laughs> you have goat shit there. Yeah. If you have goat, if you have a goat chip there, you're wiping the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, they, and, they they <laughs> remove hair. From wait, wait, you got something? Goat. Goat chop. It's coming. Goat chop. Oh, just go ahead. It's coming. Go ahead. So, so this hair place that does Brazilian waxes and everything. The runway. Yeah. Oh, the runway. Yes. And and but they. Yeah. I know your your wife is is signaling for the for the hearing impaired who are. This is closed caption. Your podcast. She's signaling with the the shape of a runway. On a vagina. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dara. I know what it was. I'm just... But anyway, the, the Howie Mandel. Yeah. So they had the Howie Mandel, that shape of the thing under my lip, where you could go in when Deal or No Deal was at its height. Women could go into the waxing place and order the Howie Mandel on their vagina, which I thought was... Better than putting your hands in cement at Man's Chinese Theater. It's an honor. Except for my son, who... And they said that a lot of people were asking for it, because it's kind of a neat... Yeah. A neat look. You know, it looks like... <laughs> my face... Like, exactly like my face, except that the mouth was uh, vertical instead of horizontal. <laughs> Has a goat chip come in your way? Did it come in? I'm passing it off. Oh, Frank. Go ahead, Frank. What are you reading there? Uh... Chin puff. What is this? Chin puff? Chin strip? Facial hair. Where does it say goat chip? It doesn't. The chin of a goat. That's the best you could do for me? The chin of a goat. Yeah, no, I didn't <laughs> so, have that. Anyway, so, you're just wrong. So, you so had- I was thinking that my son, who is, you know, active and dating, you met him, he's here today. I thought, if this takes, if this takes off, how horrible. I mean, I was honored, but how horrible would it to be would it be for a young man to get a young lady home and you know work diligently at getting her pants down? Her pants come down. That's the last place you want to see dad. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so I don't know if they still do that. It's not. So, I shaved it off. This is a Brazilian. You can call that a Brazilian now. Is what I have. So I have you had your your face on girls' vaginas. For I did. A while. I, God knows I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now is it true you used to pee in your pants? You yes. said that. Yeah. Yes. Because I didn't want to. Well, no. <laughs> Did every, didn't everybody at some point? Well, yes. No, I'm talking about past the point. That I, that I told you, you I used to pee in my well, pants? Well, no, you didn't tell me personally. I thought you were on a talk show. I was on a talk show and I peed in my pants? I don't know that story, I but I'll go, go I don't know me. that the story. The McNair-Lair report, I think you are. I peed on the McNair-Lair yeah, report. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm sure I have yeah. peed in my pants. I don't, I don't remember telling the story, <laughs> but was it a good story? <laughs> if you remember, why don't you look through your notes, Gilbert, and tell me okay. where you heard the story about okay. me peeing my pants. I, I remember. 
I remember that. Okay, yeah. I remember telling a story in my book. Yes. That when one time I didn't want to go into the bathroom and I was trying to hold it in when I was a little boy in school. Yeah. And I couldn't hold it in, so I had a, I peed in my pants. And but I didn't want anybody to know I peed in my pants, so I ran a half a mile away from the school and jumped in a ditch. Came <laughs> back to school with my pants all wet, and it was, and it was more, wasn't embarrassing to tell people that I had fallen in a ditch two miles from the school in no direction of my home or where. How did I fall? Where did I slip and roll two and a half miles in an, in an, no particular direction to fall into a ditch? Is that the story? Yes. Okay. That's some yes, research that you've done, Gil. Now, now, what, what's <laughs> funny, like before, and this, this is so strange, that you were looking at my notes that nobody can make head or tail I understand of. every note you've made. Yes. Yes. I know every note. You want to go through that? You start pee. You know what's next? Yes. The warts. Yes. Tell us about the warts. Okay. This is so weird. This is no. I can barely no. I know what this is about. Yeah, actually, the and, the yep. warts in my therapy. Um, the the this is what my psychiatrist believes was the trauma that started my OCD, my anxiety disorder. So I went to Florida with my parents, and I was sitting on the sand, and a apparently a sandfly bit me and laid eggs in my in my skin. I didn't know. It got, like, stung, but I didn't know that. So I had, like, uh, these little... It looked like a mosquito bite, right? And uh, is, that the, is that the story? I, oh, there's I, another one. There's uh, another one. Are yeah. you talking about the Purell? Yes, yes. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell well, both tell of both. these. Tell both. Okay, so I have a lot of wart stories. <laughs> okay. A lot of people have war stories. <laughs> I have wart stories. <laughs> because... I uh, I go to parties with uh, what are skin doctors called? Uh, a dermatologist. Dermatologist. I, that's where I like to party. I like to party. <laughs> so other people go tell war stories. I go out with dermatologists and tell them wart stories and other kind of uh, infections. But anyway, the warts that you're talking about, real yes. quickly, are I used to use Purell because I used to uh, shake everybody's hand when I did it, and I used to use Purell so much so that um, I even in the talk show which you did. Yeah. kind enough to do when I had a talk show in the 90s, when people would come on, I would dip my hands into a bucket of Purell. And I also had the, my friend who's a surgeon gave me that uh, betadine that they use to scrub up before they, they do surgery, and I did that. And then what happened is I started noting, noticing warts all over my – I was getting warts. So I went to a dermatologist, and the dermatologist explained to me that I had killed all the antibodies, even the the good bacteria, so much so that when I touched a door now, that bacteria would just infect me and I would get warts because – so I don't use antibacterial um, – anything antibacterial anymore. So I just don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I don't use antibacterial. But the story that I was telling you because there's another uh, story <laughs> – I got more warts. Would you like to he's hear a, a wart story? Or I have a pussing boil song. I also have a anal fissure poem. It'd be nice if we could ask you a show business question at some point during the interview. This is all show business. Yeah. Oh, I'm wait. in show business. Wait. I had a wart. Can we talk about this one? What's that? That's show business. Yeah. I was on the road in, in Chicago. In Chicago. Okay. And I listened to the radio and I hear you. Were you on the radio? I, I was on the radio. I was working in Chicago. I, I had a club. Doing show business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Comedy. Doing we were both business. on tour doing comedy. Making and money. You, you <laughs> were there. I'm, I'm doing today. 
There's no money yeah. in this podcast, right? right? We apologize. You well, would. If you paid me, you couldn't afford a staff like this. <laughs> the fact that you can't pay a guest. That's show business. You have a staff of 30 here. You you were oh, there. There's a guy still. The guy with the camera. Still looking yeah. Go check out this. What is that? 16 different types of uh, facial hair on Wikipedia. And look who they have for the... Uh... Soul Patch. Yeah. Do you know that I'm also... There's an 80s book if you find on the mullet. mullet. I'm in the mullet book, too. Correct. Yeah. I'm thinking, grow, so, I'm thinking of growing back a mullet. So but anyway, I was on the radio. I said Gilbert. I was, yeah. You're in town. I'm right down the street. And I'm at the you hotel. were promoting your book on being a germaphobe. Well, the, in the book is on me. Yes. I just happen to be a germaphobe. Oh, yeah, but we, you were talking about it a lot on the radio. I'm talking about paper. it a lot on this podcast. Yes, but so, so, okay, go ahead. I said, come on over for lunch. I'll meet you in the lobby. And... Uh, I, thrilled to see my friend we're on the road we're nowhere and gilbert comes in i give him a little hug he sits down we order a tea and he proceeds to hawk <laughs> a loogie he calls it a cough there was he had the sound oh, came out of him and, he told me this oh i'm telling you you never heard a cough you know how old people like, I'm telling you, pieces of his ass were coming up. To, he, it was so deep. It was phlegm and bile and shit. And I thought it was like a joke. I looked. I said, what is that? He goes, I got a little cough. A little fucking cough. It was like Typhoid Mary was sitting with me. I freaked out. Yeah. I got in a wrapped, hot sweat. You wrapped a scarf around I your had face. a scarf because it was winter months. I wrapped a scarf around. I looked like it was Taliban and a, a, a lung cancer patient sitting and, together. And you were saying, what are you, sick? Right. And you yeah, go, nah, it's just a little. Yeah. A little. But you never heard anything. You can't. Yeah, I can't even. Re- <laughs> That sounds like health compared yeah. to what yeah. I. Yes, I saw. was that gurgling cough. That yeah. I, yeah. But he, you, and I remember you telling me this. Don't worry, it's good as yeah. long yeah. as it's okay. loose. Yeah. You said if it's loose, <laughs> it's loose, I'll worry if it tightens up. But as long as it's loose, I'm in a good shape. I'm at the end of it now. And I'm thinking, like, am I supposed to think, oh, thank God, it's all loose. It's heading my way. Yeah. And you don't, you just, and when you coughed, your mouth, yeah. your jaw <laughs> dropped open, and it was just. It was oh, it gave, one You of could those... see the, the, the upholstery from the chair he was sitting in getting sucked up his ass. He, was, he had such a deep cough. I, I, and my whole body would quiver. Like, and like, mine did, like, too, out of yeah. fear. Like his did. He like was, I was having an epileptic fit when I was coughing. It was how so, long did you have that for? Uh, yeah, I had still, it a while. Yeah. And I remember I, you were turning your head, and I was saying, you think by turning your head you're getting away from yeah, the Yeah, you dirt? said nothing comforting. Yes. Nothing yes. comforting. And you, I remember you just said, fuck you, Gilbert. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> People are stupid when they're sick, and you're stupid, too. They are. What are you doing out? Why wouldn't you say you've known me for 30 years? I have a cough. I'll see you another time. Or let's talk on the phone. That would have been Or the... let's just sit back to back and reminisce. Why would you do it? You're like the fucking... Back uh, to back. Yeah. A lunch where you sit back to back. We're talking. It doesn't matter whether we... I don't need the face. He's a vessel of phlegm. It's like that fucking nurse who was looking after Ebola patients going, Is it okay if I take a fucking cruise? <laughs> I called the doctor. They said, is it okay if I take a cruise? It does the same thing as him showing up to meet a germaphobe with this. Could we segue into yeah, uh, you, show business? You were, yeah. you were, oh, you were twisting in a ball. 
And the, the fetal chair. position. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. still know how to treat a gunshot wound to the chest, I understand. I do. Because from I your years on St. Elsewhere. For six years, I played a, a doctor. Maybe that made me a germaphobe. I played a doctor on St. Elsewhere. And the shit that you have to remember sticks in your head and doesn't go away. So I still know what to do. It's D5 lactated ringers, colloids, O negative blood, an intubation tray with a 20 sum. What is ringing? What is. Did you hear that beeping sound? But when you moved your ass. <laughs> It's your camera. It's your social media guy. Start all over. Give okay. us the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So when... When, when you play Dr. Fiscus. Yes. yes. How come your social media guy has a beeper? Nobody, <laughs> nobody has carried a beeper since 1974. <laughs> this is the guy they have on social media. He's got a, he's got a beeper uh, and a boombox. <laughs> so... Yes. He so, can't hear me because so, his Walkman is on. <laughs> Poor Darren. But here's what you do to a gun. This is in my head. I can't get it out. I don't know. I'll yeah. never be able to use this, but it's D5 lactated ringers, colloids, O-negative blood, an intubation tray with a 22-centimeter endotracheal tube, an open thoracotomy drain, two number 16 central intravenous catheters, and a mass suit stat. Now, why does that need to be in my head? I remember learning it, and, but, but, and you know what the thing was? The thing was that I got to a point where I really believed, after six years on a medical show, that I could help people. <laughs> And people would actually come up, when you play a doctor on TV, people believe, they don't know the difference between reality and fantasy of television, so people would come up to me and go, I love your character. Can I be honest with you? I have, there's like, um, I don't know if I'm chafed, I don't know if, (laughs) they'd start telling me their problems, like I'm going to... That's kind of like how they used to have that... uh commercial where it goes, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I find commercials on TV, anything medical is ridiculous anyway now, especially now. And I think it's a great fodder for a lot of comedians who talk about, you know, first of all, I think half the diseases are made up. Well, maybe they're not, and I shouldn't knock them, but (laughs) restless leg syndrome. (laughs) Gilbert has that. He suffers from that. No, maybe it's real. And if you're out there and you're a Gilbert Godfrey fan and you're sitting there shaking a leg, I, I apologize. But how would you even, you know, how would you even know that? Because I'm hyper and I'm always tapping my foot. And my wife, like your wife, says, do you have to pee? Except mine, it's never, no, but it's never no. It's because I'm always jumping around and moving my leg. But I didn't know there was a syndrome and there was something to take. So there's a pill now that you could take for restless leg syndrome. But then by law, you have to get the possible uh, side effects. Side effects. You know, oh, which, yeah. Yeah, which That's are always the Weird. I mean, it's always made fun of, right. but it's so insane. They play like really pretty music, yes. and they're dancing around on the sand yes. and running on the beach, and they're talking about how you know you could have a stroke, you yes. can go blind, right? You can go blind, you can have a stroke, um, you will uh, lose all motor skills, incontinence, you'll ha- incontinence. Yeah. you'll have that, but. <laughs> Your leg will be as still as a tree. So who cares? Good news and bad news. Can we ask you about some of the actors you worked with on St. Elsewhere? <laughs> you want to? Frank, we, we don't have to. We, Frank, we, we don't have hey, to. We're not even, let's go to some of these. <laughs> we, or we do a whole show about body fluids. I understand all these questions. He does. You know what's really funny? There is probably more content in this yeah. than there is in all the <laughs> Possibly. Quite possibly. Yes, his little page. Finally, someone who understands me. 
This is so insane. But you took, you cut a piece of a script. A was script, it, yes. What was this a script for? I, I'll get a script and I'll just use it for for uh, scrap paper. Because you don't want to pay for new paper. Yeah, why pay for a pen? <laughs> he hands him a photo script. and walks off with the baby. <laughs> this is the part of Steve. Were you reading for the part I of Steve? I was Steve in this. Steve show. says, don't really can care. I, can I see if I can work out which one this was? Hmm. Yes. Let's see. Uh, so they say, uh, Gilbert, we're doing a television show. We're doing a movie. Can we yeah. send you a script? You yeah. say, yeah, I got a podcast. I need more paper. Send it right over. I, I, I know it obviously had a brick starter guy. What's a brick starter? I have no idea. It's not even a brick layer. But, but I, I guess I was in this. You it, were Steve. Yeah. Is it Cyberline? Or the brick layer <laughs> It's not a brick layer. It's a brick starter. Now you worked with Ma- Mouse- Mousy Gardner. Oh, there that's you right go. Says on your yeah, book. that's <laughs> right there. <laughs> yes. How are you yes. following this shit? <laughs> Mousy Gardner was in a video that I did yeah, uh, the, the Watusi, Watusi tour, and what I was fascinated by the guy because he I love the Three Stooges, and he was the the last living connection to the th- wasn't he i think he was in their vaudeville show. i believe he was he was in their vaudeville he, he's no longer with us yeah. i don't think no he's he passed he passed but he's a real he was I, i'm fascinated by that era i'm fascinated by those people and if i just meet somebody who you know had something to do with the well, you're our second guest to work with mousy garner who was the josh mostel in oh, the wow. stooge mania movie and, wow and i think mousy garner was with sammy wolf in like the gentle maniacs, they used to. Who call is Sammy him. Wolf? He's the father of Warner, the sportscaster Wolf, the sports Warner guy, Wolf, and yeah. he was a stooge. Yeah, really? Yeah, they never got as famous as the famous stooges. Well, there was five famous stooges, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Mo, Larry, Curly, Shemp, Shemp and Joe, Joe Dorita. And, oh, well, six. Joe Dorita. Yeah, and those are the those are the only ones I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hi, you're playing back the the podcast. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this crack team that you got. One of the guys that is uh, here recording the podcast decided it's ended. He's editing this. I don't even know if you're going to ever hear this part, but he put on headsets and then played it back for us. Terrific. <laughs> More interruptions than an actual interview. You know what's weird? You know what's weird? Because we're in my dressing room at Radio City Music Hall. I'm about to go on at AGT. And I said to them, the door was wide open when they started. And I said to Frank and, and, and Gilbert, should I close the door? And they go, yeah, that would be great. And I the door. <laughs> nobody's even near my hallway. There isn't the sound in radio. All the noise, the, the social media guy is beeping. The uh, tech guy who said get closer to the mic, he's worried about sound, <laughs> is doing some sort of playback from two podcasts ago. The, the it's just what all the noise is in here. But I, I get it. You wanted the door closed so we don't disturb the <laughs> the America's Got Talent production. I see Garner fans. Fifty interruptions to this show about. I think we found something about a chip. Uh, goat chip. Yeah, here's the closest I got. I got a goat chin. <laughs> Want to read about like, the goat chin? Like they would interrupt a story. This Chico just well. <laughs> What is amazing about this whole process is this is the only yeah. thing that has yes. made sense. This is linear, and when I say this, I'm holding up. I'm holding up Gilbert's scribblings. 
And I, I swear to you, I'm not making a joke here. He is kept in perfect order of everything he has prepared, every question he has done. He knows that there Show is the a story. the spelling of gremlins. There, doesn't so. matter the spell. <laughs> spelling doesn't count. He didn't do it like you right. with spell check. He, right. I know what it is. He knows what it is. It's the way I spell, you know, and uh, this is brought to you by The Less You Know. It's the opposite of what NBC promotes. Kids, stay out of school. Speaking of classic. Because the two kids that stayed out of school here are able yes. to get this done from beginning to end. Everybody else who's all these tech people are really fucked up. It wasn't worth staying in college, doing prep. I know. Have you even looked at all these fucking cards? All the effort. How come no other card except my introduction is taped together? Well, I managed to squeeze. Speaking of... Speaking of the do the Watusi video, I think Gilbert would find it interesting that there are midgets in it, that it ends with... uh, Little people. Yes. Well, he likes to... I like midgets. He likes midgets. He prefers midgets. You don't say that. Oh, midgets, midgets, midgets. I just said it. No, you don't. No one's listening to the show. No, you don't. You don't say that. Little people. They're not. They're not midgets. They're not midgets. Now, what's the difference? What if, though, I want... You know what I wanted to do once? (laughs) I wanted to do a remake of Gidget with a midget. Gidget? With a midget. About a young girl at the beach, a short young woman at the beach. What's that song? What was the song from that show? Oh, I the forget how that and went. And, and, no, I'm, no. I'm sure they'll be into yeah. See, I wish to God you hadn't said that, because now they'll be coming in with, well, here's one version of the song, and here's another. <laughs> well, we just found this one. <laughs> really? You the Gidget theme? You think that we're going to generate some mail? The Gilbert Gottfried Amazing Colossal Podcast Producer of the Month is DFA Records. Thank you, DFA Records. Be just like DFA Records and get rewarded for supporting our podcast. Head over to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried. For a set amount each month, you can get some colossal benefits, such as access to new podcast episodes before anyone else, early access to tickets to live podcast tapings, exclusive video hangouts, and just added, I will record a personalized roast of you and only you so you can share with your friends me telling you what a schmuck you are. Well, I don't have to join Patreon for that. And you don't have to pay me either (laughs) because you are a schmuck. That I do for free. I want no money. That's my... I just speak the truth. I'm so blessed. You are a schmuck. So go to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Gilbert Gottfried. Thank you for your generosity. And thank you, DFA Records. Now, you just got in trouble. I did. Yeah. Tell us what you You wouldn't got understand what that's like, no, would you? No, I... <laughs> Thank God I've stayed out of the press. <laughs> it's 
it's really amazing now. And all kidding aside, you know, I got in trouble and I apologized. You apologized for like nine months. Every yeah. I yeah. love that. I just followed you on Twitter. You would every joke was an apology. I do a knock knock joke and then I'm apologize sorry. to yes. doors yes. that I've knocked on. Yes. But you know, we live in a in a time now where, you know, they call it social media. And it's not really, you know, media used to be you had a media pass where you were, uh, you, you know, you know, somebody who worked for, uh, you know, some sort of publication that had credentials. You had a reason to be there. And now you could be in your underpants in your room with an iPhone and you're part of the social media. So you can create a firestorm, you know, and, and, and move the, the needle, you know, which is really scary for us. Oh. When I say us, us as comedians and people in show business, and but more importantly, comedians, because um, you know when you and I were coming up, the way you write comedy, the way it's not like you write music, not like you write a movie, not like you write a TV show, not like you practice acting, not like you do anything. It's by trial and error, you know. And we used to be able to go to the comedy store where nobody would, or uh, improv, or wherever you were, were catch here, or wherever you were. And nobody, there weren't even recording devices. But you can go on stage and we could talk about our epic fails, you know, where I went on one night and you were always very controversial, which was wonderful. And you're known for pushing the limit. And that's what got you a career. That's what got you a name. That's what everybody loved about you. By the same token, you were responsible enough to get on, as we all were, to get on, on national television and do things. And we understood we're not idiots. We understood the line that we wouldn't cross. And sometimes we did cross the line. And there was a little news about it, but you'd apologize and you worked with these people. And now what happens is on social media and on television, we will say things as comedians and Granted, you know, we have there is no intention to hurt somebody's feelings. And I feel like if I've hurt somebody's feelings, then I should apologize because that's not my intention. My intention was to try to be funny, to try to get a laugh. If it didn't get a laugh, I'm probably going to suffer more for it. If you suffer for it because you are offended by it now, uh, and if one or two people are offended by it, I said something, and, you know, I have mental health issues. I said something about an eating disorder. There's nothing funny about a deceiving or uh, an eating disorder. But the truth of the matter is the comedy does come from a dark place. No comedy comes from a positive place. You know, if you're laughing, even a little kid who goes see uh, a clown fall down and everybody laugh, you're laughing at the clown's misfortune. You're laughing at somebody else's ineptness. When two guys walk into a bar, something shitty happens to one guy, and that's why you're laughing. And if you look at the oldest vaudeville, a pie in the face, you're laughing at, you know, an embarrassing somebody's suit is ruined, you're squirting seltzer on them. It's always bad. So if you realize that it always comes from negative, you have to – that's why it's called a sense of humor. Comedians find humor in – have a sense of humor in a place that is not funny, a bad relationships, awkward moments – Scary things, illnesses, mental health. That's the seed for all comedy. For me, laughter has gotten me through and, and given me the ability to just even really survive. And beyond making a living and being a comedian, if I wasn't laughing at half the shit that's horrible in my life, I would be crying and probably, you know, end it. But the truth is I laugh at it. But... Now that I've opened, and like you have, opened ourselves up in social media, and we try our comedy, we're not just on stage, but we'll try something, maybe we miss, maybe it misfires. The uh, slapback is, you know, beyond anything I could ever comprehend, 
it's beyond it's so painful it hurts we lose jobs we uh humiliate ourselves we have to apologize and kind of kind of i'm not saying we should be able to do it but it kind of takes away the art of comedy and the art of comedy is that freedom like a painter has to throw any color on a canvas and if the color doesn't look good he can throw another color on top and shade it and make that painting but a comedian can't he throws that canvas out there and everybody goes fuck you you're fired goodbye you offended and as a person who is i think most of us who are comedians are somewhat sensitive you know i apologized and I'm sorry if I offended people, and I understand the, the, tragedy, the tragedy connected to mental health. I deal with it each and every day, and I didn't intend on doing that. And you know, But I felt responsible as a broadcaster to, uh, to apologize because there are people that say I shouldn't apologize. I, I will apologize to anybody whose feelings I hurt. But I'm more concerned about people getting hurt over something. I guess it's not good enough anymore to go, just joking. No. I'm not serious. I and um, I, you know what's what's funny about it is like when Karen Carpenter died, you know she had an eating disorder. The singer of the Carpenters. Um, what's funny about it? Yeah, Gilbert. well, it, it, no, <laughs> but everybody, did. everybody in the street, all the good people, were saying stuff like, "Oh, you know, if Mama Cass gave her ham sandwich." To Karen Carpenter, both of them would be alive. Right. And what's Karen Carpenter's phone number? Eight nothing, eight nothing, eight nothing. Right. And those are jokes that the public was using and it was acceptable. We're in a different day and age now. And that is that we have given power to people that really don't um, know what to do with that power. You know, you could light a firestorm with some with words. You could not at that time light a firestorm. You know, the, I would imagine that even in that day when people were making the Karen Carpenter joke, and that was the day days when we were coming up. Um, I'm sure that, that they bumped into somebody who went, "Well, that's not right." You know, my yeah. sister has yeah. an eating disorder. She almost died, and I don't I don't uh, appreciate that joke. And you would go, "Sorry, I didn't mean to tell the joke." You know, I, I remember we used to do a joke. Like that, not like that, in schoolyards. And I think everybody did this. But uh, they would say, um, go up to Gilbert and tell him, tell him that you met uh, your retarded friend. That you just you have a, a retarded I friend. I know this one. So you would go up to Gilbert. And, and this is in the schoolyard, four or five years old. And you'd go, hey, Gilbert, I, I met my retarded friend. And the joke was, because you were in on it, yeah. Gilbert would go, that's not funny. My brother's retarded. And then we would, the person would feel bad, right? We all did that joke, yeah, right? Yeah, there, there was also like, hey, um, I, I heard your sister's a good dancer. Oh, right, and you that go, was you know, my sister had her legs amputated. I did that one yeah. too, right. <laughs> but you remember, I think every kid remembers doing it. Who's our age? Go to? <laughs> Frank, I'm telling you, I'm from Canada. He's from New York. I, everybody wow. our age heard those kind of jokes. And yeah. it was about, the joke was about saying something that you didn't realize, you were trying to say something funny because somebody sent you over and you jokingly offended them. You know, you didn't know it was a joke yeah. and you would go, sorry, I don't know. You told me to say it. Yeah. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You know my sister's But you know that did. it would be stopped right there. <laughs> if that happened publicly, like on a podcast or something, and you do it, it would be tasteless because people would write in and go, you know what? My sister does have a double amputation and it's not funny and I agree with you it's not funny it's, it's not funny to you and you don't have to enjoy it but 
but we are coming to a point where we have to stop doing what we do. And we and and you know what? First and foremost, first, you know, you cut off our legs as far as being artistic and and being funny. And but more importantly, you're cutting off uh, your access to comedy because as people get more and more frightened to do what Gilbert and I do and less people are doing it, I think the world suffers. We suffer first because we lose jobs and we won't do it and we can't show up and we don't say it and we edit ourselves. But the world loses because I truly believe, this sounds so corny, but laughter is the best medicine and you got to be able to laugh at the, at the darkest moments. You know, the, the hardest day of my life was the day I buried my father. The funniest moments that I've ever experienced happened in that day. And when I tell those stories to my close friends, we are hysterical in tears. But I get it that some people don't, can't find, I think most of the world does not have a sense of humor. And that word sense is to be able to find the humor where other people don't think it is. Unless it's like, a, I don't like jokes because they're fake. It's a rhythm. And people go, you go, you want to hear a funny joke? I don't want to hear a funny joke. But if you tell me something that sounds like it's real, that's what I laugh at. And and I always notice, too, at a funeral, you'll always see one person lean over to the other person sitting there with a smirk on their face like they're saying something. And the other person will cover their face right. so they can't see them laughing. And they go, oh, stop it, stop it. That's awful. Right. And and that's part of being normal. But that's almost a that's but that feeling of being a, of holding it in and you're not supposed to do it makes it more titillating, makes it more exciting, makes it more it's kind of like you're you going know, in a dark place. You're going in a dark place and that makes for better comedy doing it where you're not supposed to do it. It's almost like sex in public. You know, where you don't do it, it makes it more titillating, it makes it more and and people will do it but they keep it amongst themselves, but in this day and age of social media, we can't share that. And we used to be able to share it. I remember getting up. I watched one of my biggest influences in how I work and write comedy right now is Richard Pryor. And when I first, in the late 70s, when I first came to Los Angeles and I went to the comedy store, I watched Richard Pryor every single night get up on stage and put together what what later became uh, Live on the Sunset Strip, his movie. But I watched him work every night and nobody pushed the envelope especially at that time, more than Richard Pryor. Really, he pushed it, but he comes from a dark place. Well, that I one's mean, after the accident, isn't it? That, it was that after he right got burned. He, burned. he was talking right. about getting burned. Right, right, right. It was part of his... He, he told the bad taste joke about Richard Pryor. He told the yeah. joke about Richard right. Pryor. He right. talked about his upbringing. Right. He talked about, you know, he was raised in a whorehouse. He's, right. He had a horrible, dark upbringing. He was so raw. That was the beauty of him. He was lovable. He was raw. He was real. He would not exist today, could not exist today if he was starting now. But it worked then. And it's a shame that that's one of the, that he's uh, the Picasso of what we do. And Picasso can't live anymore. They can't try anymore. They can't really. And we don't know, as, unlike an artist, a painter, the only place that we could try our material to really know if it's going to do is public. And whether it's social media or whatever, because how do we know? Sometimes we think we always look for stage time to hear the laughter. If we can't hear the laughter and we're sitting at home and we text something, we see the response. That's hysterical. People share it. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm going to put that in my act. I'll do that. That's good. That's not good. You know, we should not be crucified for saying something 
I promise you, I'm going to say a lot of stupid things. I do. A lot of stupid things come into my head, a lot of things that are inappropriate, things that I shouldn't say. If anybody gets hurt, I apologize, but it's a real hard time for every You topic. find that audiences – yeah, you just, I was just going to ask that question. You find that it's, these are PC times. I'm talking about Seinfeld said he wasn't going to play colleges anymore College because, of the, because of the PC. Because of the PC. place, and you'd think kids would be more open to it. No, PC is, is killing it. You find that, Gilbert? Uh, yeah, and, and I, I remembered – you know, like I got fired. Because yeah. I joked about the tsunami. And I somebody tweeted me, and it was my favorite tweet. He said, Affleck fires Gilbert Gottfried after discovering he's a comedian. But that's true. And that's it. That's, that's it. true. It's so sad and so such a statement beyond, you know, yeah. listen, my heart goes out to you and whatever loss you had for that. But it's such a, a sad statement of where our society is today. Because at the same time, when we are in conflicts all over the world and young men and women are giving their lives and we are fighting for freedom, what is the freedom that we are fighting for? Because really, our own people are taking away the freedom. You can't say that. You can't do that. You can't act like that. So really, there's a great dichotomy so this conversation about comedy has gotten really dark, and there, is, there probably is something to be said funny about it, but it is a very serious, serious conversation that, uh, you know, it's not like it was, Gilbert. It's not like it was, but uh, I'm still thrilled to both of us. I think we're lucky guys that we get to do what we do. We get to work. We didn't finish high school, and we're both still here and making a living doing what we love. And he's one of the last guys still doing really politically incorrect material on stage and getting, and he, and and getting I away hope, with it. I hope to God he never yeah. stops. Yeah. What, what, used, what Gilbert is known for is, you know, beyond being brilliant, and I think it's shocking that you didn't go to college and because you have a great understanding of human nature and, and you seem to be a lot more educated than maybe the formal education would have given you. But you were always cringeworthy. You know, you were always, no, but in, in yes. a positive way. Yes. I remember, because yes. it's a different time, but I remember walking in New York in the 70s and going to a club, and, uh, you know, I walked into a club and saw Gilbert uh, posing as Christ on the cover yeah. of TV Guy. <laughs> pictures of him. On, on, on TV Guy, yes. you know? And at that time, you go, oh, my God, you know? Because you, you know there's going to be some, some uh, very religious people in the audience who aren't, and it was fun to not only hear the joke and guffaw about whatever it was he was saying, but look at the audience go, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> well, he hasn't given in to the times in many ways. I mean, so, and so, he should never. He's one, you're one of the few comics that are still doing funny Asian voices on yes. stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Keeping the Mickey Rooney yeah, keeping the tradition alive. <laughs> uh, well, I remember like, when Michael Richards got in trouble, and there too at a club, but now everyone's got a phone that records everything. So he got in trouble, and the owner of that club then started saying, Anyone who uses that word, he used the N word on right. stage, so anyone who uses that word is going to be sued, and they're going to take this amount of money out of his pay. And I was thinking, like, wouldn't it – I would rather go to a club where they say, hey, you might get offended, you might get really shocked and angry, but we're not censoring anything. 
As a comedian, yes. Yeah. But as a, you know, I see both sides of this, you know, as a businessman, Jamie, you know, it, oh, it's yes, good for the comedian. Yes. As a businessman, you know, uh, I think that the public will go, you know, if he promotes that, that you yeah. will not see anything that offensive here. I think that a lot of Americans will say, we can go to that club because yeah. we're not going to be offended and we know that's a good club and because we can go to. Because it makes them feel good about so themselves. So you're not... You're not buying tickets. They're buying tickets. So who's he serving? You know? And, and I also feel like people pat themselves on the back when they're offended. Like, oh, I was offended by that. I'm a good person. Well, they become the spokesperson for the cause, you know? And everybody – I like that people are passionate about a cause and do something for a cause. It's just that, you know – you got to put things into perspective. Listen, uh, everybody alive can be offended and suffers, and everybody's got a cross to bear. And, you know, uh, I will say things, and I will apologize, and I will hurt people's feelings. But I'm much more cautious than I ever was when I was a, a young kid coming up. And that's sad. Can we ask you about working with Blake Edwards? I love Nobody working legends. with Blake Edwards. You know, I'll tell you a the serious story mess. about yeah. He told me a story that I quoted in my book, and uh, the, the one story was, he said, and this kind of reminded me of, of myself and a lot of comics, but he told a story about uh, Bafo, the, uh, the, the, about this guy who goes to a, uh, a psychiatrist because he's darkly depressed. Oh, I know. You know this story? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think people have told this story before, but he goes, and, and the guy gives him, you know, psychotherapy, and there's nothing he can do. The guy's in the fetal position, and he's crying, and he's, like, on the edge. He wants to take his life. He just wants to shoot himself in the head. And he goes back another time, and they prescribe medication, and medication doesn't do it. And the, the psychiatrist is at his wit's end, and he says, I've got one more remedy. If, I, if this doesn't work, nothing's going to work, and you, you probably won't survive. And he goes, well, what's the one more, work, one more thing? He goes, the circus is in town. Bafo the Clown is this world-renowned clown who makes everyone laugh. There is nobody in – doesn't matter what language, how old you are. There is nobody that sees Bafo the Clown that doesn't laugh. And if I could just get you to laugh – you know, laughter does release endorphins and it'll turn you around. But he makes every people almost die laughing. People are in th throngs of people in the stands are laughing at Bafo. They can't even stop laughing. The show goes on for an hour longer than it should be because nobody could stop laughing. This guy is laughter, the epitome of laughter. I just I got two tickets tonight. I'm taking you. You will sit and you will watch Bafo the Clown and nobody who's ever seen him can stop laughing. And he turned to the psychiatrist and he said, I am Baffa the Clown. And I thought that was pretty emblematic of, you know, comedians, you know, because sometimes the dichotomy between the outside and the inside, and that's who Blake Edwards was. He was like a tortured soul who made some of the greatest comedies of our time. He really did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, laughter is a great bridge. And laughter has brought me together with a friend like Gilbert, and laughter has allowed me to be on this podcast. Except for that lunch in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> laughter brings us together. Flem. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, thank Gilbert. You. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Next time that we'll do it again. Next time we'll go through some of these uh, other cards and questions. Yeah, you got, you got another <laughs> we, we never got to. But we got through the two sheets. We got, yeah. through, we got through Gilbert's sheets. 
I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and our guest and friend Howie Mandel. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Howie. <laughs>